Thank you. Well, good morning. Keep going. Let's welcome everyone joining us uh, online in whichever city you're in today. Great to be with you. And welcome to part three of this series, Radical Community. And for those of you good at maths, part three follows part two and part one. Well done. Good maths. Um, little reminder to you, the call in this series is Radical Community. God calling us, as Andrew said a couple of weeks ago, back to our roots, to be the people who God has always designed for us to be. Yeah. Part one, Andrew reminded us it's a call to radical commitment to Jesus. And then last week we were reminded it's a radical call to serving one another. Now this week I wanna focus in on what I believe is really the core of who God has called us to be. And that's to be a people of radical love. Now, I wonder what comes to mind when you think of that phrase, radical love. I wonder if you've got any images that come right up, up front. Let me give you a few suggestions. Uh, maybe one of them looks a little bit like this. Maybe you think of romantic love. It's a, it's a beach. It's a you know, position in Yorkshire. The sun is shining, uh, even at night time. There are candles everywhere. It's a young couple. It's beautiful. There's a romantic feeling. Or maybe it's a bit like this. When you think of radical love, you think of passionate sports fans. Now, to, to be honest with you, I'm, I, you know, I'm okay with constantly hearing about the successes of other sports teams and how well they do every single week and how they win everything. And isn't that wonderful? Uh, but let's face it, to be a passionate sports fan, particularly if you support teams like Leeds United, it's an irrational commitment to ongoing disappointment and crushed dreams. But radical love, nevertheless. Um, or maybe this is a picture that you've got in mind. Um, some of you, the thing that gets you up in the morning is coffee. Come on, be honest. It's like there's that thing that I've seen you, I've noticed you. You spend all of your life searching for the perfect mix of coffee. You spend your money on it, you spend your time on it, when quite honestly, you could just be drinking God's choice, which is tea. Radical love, okay, I don't know what you think of. But actually, when, when I was thinking of, of today's message, I had more an image like this in my mind. It's actually more, I was thinking more of an elderly couple. And actually, they've been married, let's say, for decades. And they've stayed committed to one another through the ups and downs of ordinary life. You, you'll notice that they're still holding hands. They still love each other. And I, I would suggest if you and I wanted to ask them a question. We said, look, tell us, what is the secret? What's the secret of that kind of long-term radical love through the ups and downs of life? I think they'd say something like, well, the big moments are great. They're, they're, they're really important. But actually, radical love is much more, it's about the little things that are done consistently and they're done with love. It's where we keep our attitudes right and clean towards one another. And it's those little things actions done with love, done consistently over a long period of time. And when you think of radical love, they say that's what radical love really is. Now, I believe as we come to look at this passage today, as we continue our journey through Romans 12, I believe that's the radical love that Paul is calling us to as a local church community in Kingsgate, whichever campus you're in, amongst that particular group of people. And that radical love, not just between a couple, but actually characterised within the church. The passage we come to today, Paul starts off by saying, love 
must be sincere. What he's going to go on do, he's going to give us 12 actions. Now, what he's not saying is these are all separate actions. He's actually saying these are attitudes and actions through which radical love can be demonstrated. So let, let me read it to you. He says this, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Imagine for a moment that kind of love characterising our relationships here within the Kingsgate family. Just imagine that for a moment. If you like, there's a, an element of a vertical relationship with God. Here is a people who are literally on fire for God. Okay, Paul says, when he says be zealous, he's actually saying the best translation is boiling in spirit. In other words, there are people who are on fire for the Lord. But then he says, that isn't the only way we demonstrate love. It comes out through our horizontal relationships with one another, where there's an incredible passion for one another to see each other thrive. That's what God has called us to be and to do. And I want you to imagine that kind of love as like a, a flow between each one of us. Where, where we're responsible for playing our part to see that love flowing to and from God and then from me out to the other people in the actions and attitudes that Paul has described here. Now, I don't know about you, that's the kind of community I want to belong to. That's the kind of community I want to play my part in. And what I want to say to you today is like it's an invitation as we unpack this passage to say maybe you don't feel part of the community like that today. Maybe you're new today. Come in. Come in and be a recipient of the radical love of God expressed in practical actions through other people in this church family. But I also want to say to us as a church family, let us continue, continually to play our part in helping build a place, a community when people come in, what they experience is that kind of love. Are you up for that? Come on. Well, what I want to do, I want to share with you three areas. Because if we think of the love of God as a flow, then if it's flowing from one to the other, then either we can be responsible for closing down that flow or we can be responsible for opening it. I don't know about you. I want to be playing my part in seeing that love flow between us. So number one, I want to encourage you, keep an open heart. Now, what do I mean by your heart? Well, I'm, I'm not talking here, first of all, about your physical heart. I mean your spiritual heart. It's that part of you through which all of life flows. Proverbs 4.23 says this, above all else, say above all else. In other words, this matters, people. Guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So think for a moment about your physical heart. Now, I'm not a doctor, but I know enough to know that your heart and my heart has a double action. Yeah, have you noticed that? Ba-boom. Say, say ba-boom. There's Greek for you've got a double action in your heart. Ba-boom. You need an inflow and you need an outflow. And my understanding is enough to know that if you're going to have a healthy heart, and I'm back to your spiritual one now, you need a healthy inflow of life, but you also need a healthy outflow to other people. And actually you need both in order to have that spiritual heart functioning as God designed it. So let's think first of all about the inflow. Now there are, there are lots of ways in which we keep our flow flowing from God to us. There's lots for which we're responsible. 
But I wanna give you the primary way. The primary way that you and I stay full of the love of God is by remembering what Jesus has done for you and how much God loves you. You know, these verses we just read, they don't come in a vacuum. They come in the context of Romans 12, verse one, where Paul says, in view of God's mercies, now go and do these things. In other words, in view of all the things that God has done for you, all the things that you've received for free, that you didn't earn, you got for nothing, now go and do these things. Let me remind you briefly on this Father's Day of how loved you are right now. Let me remind you, you are loved sacrificially. Think of Jesus on the cross. Why did Jesus go to the cross? He went there primarily to gain for you and I a relationship with the Father, but also so you could come to know that you are forgiven. Jesus paid the price to the point of death. If you ever wonder, are you loved? Look at the cross. Jesus loves you sacrificially. Second, He loves you personally. Do you know that God, creator of the universe, knows you by name? and He loves you with a a love that's passionate from the heart of His being. He knows you, you are known and loved. When, When someone becomes a Christian, this happened to me many years ago, and you pray a little prayer, you don't realize often that in that moment, God the Father takes out some adoption papers and He sticks your name on there, even your middle name and the names of the people don't know. He sticks your name on there and He signs at the bottom, in love by the Father. You are known and loved by the Father. Third, He loves you long. Do you know, God has always loved you. He loves you right now and He will always love you. That extraordinary verse in the Bible that says, God knew you before He made anything. Do you know, however you feel today, however circumstances are, God has promised He will continue to love you right now and all the way through to the end of your life and on into eternity. Now, let's give Him honour. Come on, let's just thank Him. Just honour Him for His goodness. Now, all I've done is I've just tipped out right there a thimbleful of the ocean of God's love, hopefully a little bit into your heart. Let me encourage you, continually draw on the truth of how loved you and I are. But you know, that isn't enough. It's good to know God loves us. But actually, if we wanna have a truly healthy heart and keep it open to the radical love of God in our community, it's also about the way we, we relate to other people. And that's what this passage is really about. It's about how are you keeping your right attitudes and hearts open towards real flesh and blood people in your life group, in your serving groups. Because how many of you know it's easy to love people if you don't actually know them? (laughs) Ever experienced that? But in the rough and tumble of everyday life, God says, these are the people I want you to love. So I don't have time to unpack the whole of this passage. But what I want to do, I'm gonna read it to you really slowly. What I want you to invite you to do in this moment, wherever you are, almost just hold your heart before God and ask Him, Lord, is there anywhere in my life where actually I'm not living up to who you say we are and I need to turn away from some wrong attitudes? Or is there somewhere where you need grace, where you're aware you're not living up? It's like, God, help me live up to this level. So let me just just read this to you. Paul says this, he says, love is to be sincere and active. And that means no masks. Take off your masks with people. He says, hate what is evil. Listen to the strength of the language. Hold on tightly to what is good. Be devoted to one another in authentic 
brotherly affection. Give preference to one another in honour. Be never lagging behind in diligence, aglow, passionate in the spirit, enthusiastically serving the Lord, constantly rejoicing in hope, steadfast and patient in distress, devoted to prayer. So let me ask you, just in this moment, wherever you are, anything you need to say sorry to God for, anywhere you need his help, just, just as I'm speaking, just quietly in your heart, just tell him, Lord, I'm sorry for not living up to what you've called me to live up to. Or ask him if there's extra grace that you need. Receive today his forgiveness. Receive his cleansing. And set your will afresh to say, Lord, I am gonna be someone who is passionate, who is on fire for you and for the people in this church family where you've placed me. Help me, Father, stir myself to be passionate and full of zeal. Let me encourage you. Maybe over these next few days, come back to this passage. I wish I had more time to dig into it. But I want to encourage you use it as a way to look at your heart again. Take some moments maybe today and bring that passage again before God and say, God, is there anywhere here? And he doesn't bring this passage to beat you up. He says to say, this is who we are by the grace of God. Now receive the grace of God. Now it is possible as I read those verses that you thought I could do not just with some heart surgery, but actually I need a new heart. Well, I have good, for you, good news for you today. When someone becomes a Christian, that's exactly what God does. He takes out our heart of stone that's inward looking and he gives us a heart that looks out to him and looks out to other people. If that's you today, if you've never given your life to Jesus, why not take the opportunity at the end of this service to say yes to him and open your heart to him. Come on, Kingsgate, let's be a people. Let's keep an open heart. But actually, we can't stop there. I wanna say second, if there's gonna be a constant flow of the love of God to us and through us, we also need to have continually keeping open hands. Say open hands. Oh, <clears throat> say it again, it's gone the wrong way. <coughs> <laughs> Thank you. What do I mean by open hands? Well, what I mean is this. Just, just look at your hands right now, wherever you are. Just have a look at them. All unique. God has placed things in your hands that you are not owners of, you're stewards of. Just think what is actually in your hands at the moment. We often summarise that by saying it's time, treasure and it's talents. It's about the capacities that you've got in life. And just, you might want to ask yourself, how open are your hands right now for God to take and use those things for his purposes. You know, closed hands means this is all mine to do with I choose. It's my precious. This belongs to me. Open hands means thank you, God. Everything I have, all of my time, all of my gift and talents, all of my money and my treasure, actually it's yours, Father, to do with as you choose. Just listen to what, what Paul says. He says, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Now let's be clear, this is talking about the family of God. Yes, we need to be generous with people outside the family, but the here is actually the call to be generous to those within the church family. And actually the focus from Paul is on giving to the material and financial needs of those, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And the language has the sense that it's, it's love 
radical love to one another coming out of a deep sense of partnership. In other words, that partnership, that sense of community is demonstrated by willing, my willingness to give to other people within this church family. Now, I want to say to you, good people of Kingsgate, I believe you are great at this, that you really are a generous people. I, I, one of my joys in life, one of my responsibilities, I head up our pastoral care within the Kingsgate Church family. And almost... Hardly ever does a week go by without me hearing stories of what you are doing, open hands for one another. Let me just tell you a few things. You know, I, I, I hear of, and these, these are simple, these are little things done consistently well with love over a long period of time. You know, you, I hear of people sending an encouraging text to, to someone who's a bit down. I hear of you giving generously into the annual offering so that we as a church are able to have a substantial body needs fund to meet the needs of those in this house. I hear of individuals who've had unexpected invites to a free meal or even to a posh meal in a posh hotel that they could never otherwise afford. I hear of life groups who cook food for couples who've just got kids so they can look after children without having to do the burdensome thing of cooking meals. I hear of you helping people move house, people fill out visa application forms. I, I'm moved by those of you who stand with those who are suffering with cancer. Deeply moved, people like John Bufton continually connecting us into someone walking through that journey of cancer, caring for them, praying for them, giving his time and talent to ensure that we're providing wraparound love for people going through journeys like that. And I wanna say to you, Kingsgate, well done. Let's give one another a round of applause. You are manifesting open hands and demonstrations of radical love to one another. And you know, whenever I say to you, well done, you nearly always say, no, it's just what we do. No, it is not just what you do. You are demonstrating the love of Christ to one another in this family. Let's listen to what James says. I'm sure James is from Huddersfield. He says, suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say to them, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well but then you don't give that person any food or clothing, what good does that do? But you know, I wanna say, when I read a verse like that, I wanna say, you're doing well, let's keep doing it. So just, just for a moment, think again about what's in your hands. Maybe in this, this, maybe today, maybe in this next week, you could say, God, is, is there any person in this church family to whom you want me to give something of my time, my talent or my treasure in order to help them because I know that they are in need. And I can almost guarantee that right now, wherever you are, the Holy Spirit has popped a name into your heart or your mind. Please act upon it. And let's be a people who live with open hands. And then third, if we to see that flow of radical love, we also need to be a people who live with open homes. Say open homes. Do it again. <laughs> and again. Thank you, it keeps going the wrong way. Um, now, what do I mean by open homes? I mean, I mean places or spaces that we inhabit that in a sense, they belong to us. So in a sense, you think of God's home. Okay, the local church, do you know this is God's home? It actually belongs to Him. But we're members of His family, so we're responsible for the culture within His home. Would you agree? This is His home. But it also means your home. 
where you live. And it may, you may not own a physical home, but there are spaces that you inhabit. And the call here is to be people who are open in those spaces. Paul writes this, he says, verse 13b, he says, always be eager to practice hospitality. Now that word hospitality has a rich meaning in Middle Eastern culture. And it means primarily, it means to have a disposition of heart that when we, we see other people who feel like they're strangers, we move towards them to help them feel like friends. That actually it's our responsibility as people who own the home to move towards others, not their responsibility to move towards others. And literally, that, the original language means to turn strangers into friends. Jesus said in Matthew 25, he said, I was hungry, you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. Here we have it. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. Now, I don't know what your, the last time was that you went to somewhere new. I, I remember the first time we ever came to this local church when it was just Peterborough Community Church. And I can remember, we actually felt like strangers on the journey. Can, can you remember that when you first come? All the questions that are going through your mind. Uh, is my Bible big enough? Where are the toilets? Will they all be weird? Will they all do strange things when I get there? Where do I go? Will I have to wear certain clothes? Am I wearing the right clothes? What does my breath smell? You ever been there? That's what it's like to feel to be a stranger. And you've all experienced that. Our experience was when we came here, we came feeling like that. But I want to say within, within a, I would say within a matter of maybe 20, 25 minutes, I turned to my wife's ear and my kids and I said, I think we've come home. Such was the level of welcome in this house. We arrived as strangers within moments we felt like friends. I don't know about you, I want that for every single person who comes to Kingsgate, that it won't just be my experience, but it'll be their experience, every single person. And, and not, hear me right, not only in our buildings, but also online, in our life groups, when we're doing Alpha, whatever we're doing in spaces that we own, even in our homes, that when people come, they'll say, I've come to a place where I belong. Over the next few weeks, we're gonna be encouraging everyone to be involved in, remember last summer, around a table where we're opening our lives and homes to other people. Let me remind you what Peter says. He says, this 1 Peter 4 verse 9, he says, cheerfully, say cheerfully. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Let me ask you a question. What would it take for you and I to make your life group, this campus, this church, the friendliest place in our city or in your town or in your village. Well, wouldn't it be great to have a reputation where everybody said, anything you touch at Kingsgate, those people are friendly. And we say, yeah, that would be a great, or is it just me? I'm really keen. Come on, give me a wave. We wanna be a people, whoever anybody comes, they feel welcome and home. Now, how do we do that? How can we make that a place. Well, I believe it's about making a choice, a simple choice. Some of you are fantastic at this. It's natural for you. And that is to move out of our natural comfort zone and talk with people we don't know. Now, some of you are great at that. Some of us, we find it a challenge. But let me tell you my own story. I am not naturally wired that way. I like the idea that an Englishman's home is his castle. <laughs> I quite like the drawbridge up the gates closed and the dogs snarling on the front door. That's partly my picture of heaven. 
But that isn't the way God has designed it for his church family to be. And I can remember many years ago, I got this conviction on the inside that said, let our churches be a place where people feel welcomed, whatever their background, whatever they look like. And Simon, what that means for you is they need to meet flesh and blood people who welcome them and say hello. That means, Simon, you've got to get out of your group who you know well and you've got to move towards them. Now, that's about 20 years ago for me. I want to tell you, even today, now you might think I find it easy. I don't actually most of the time. Most of the time, it's a choice for me when I step into a space at Kingsgate, first of all, to look around the room and say, is anybody on their own? I tell you, it breaks, it breaks my heart if I see people stood on their own and nobody's talking to them. But you only know it if you look around the room. Who's on their own? And then something in me goes, get a cup of tea. <laughs> But the, other, the best part of me goes, no, no, you need to move towards them. Go and take a move towards those people. And I wanna challenge us, Kingsgate, can we be a people, wherever we are, we say we're gonna make that move towards other people. And you know, all you have to do is be friendly. You don't have to be weird. You don't have to pick up a million ideas. You just have to be friendly. And the key, I believe, the key long time is learn people's name. Now, you might want to do what I do. It's a bit of a cheat. Please don't tell anybody about this. After I've talked with them and got people's name and they've turned away, I put it on a text. And I text the name to myself so that next week I can remind myself of what their name is and I can talk to them by name. I want to tell you that is a superpower. And all it takes is a little bit of discipline. Learn people's names and then when you see them next week, welcome them by name. Do you know, as I bring this message to a close, I believe those little acts of making a choice wherever we are to say, I'm going to move towards people out of my comfort zone towards them to connect with them is radical love in demonstration. Little things done well with love over a long period of time creates a community characterised by radical love. You're good at this. You're good at this, people of Kingsgate. But can I encourage you, let's not lose this sense of culture within our mix. Let's be people who live. Let's keep our hearts open. Keep them sensitive to the goodness of God, choosing right relationships with those around us. Let's live with open hands. What would God have you do through you this week? And let's be people who open our homes wherever we are. Now, wherever we are, we're going to take a few moments to respond to the message that we've just heard. I wonder here in the room online, will you just stand with me? I want to do two things. So I bring my message to a close. I want to first of all speak really to the church family. If you've been here for for a while you say, this is my home. I just wanna ask you a really simple question. What is your next step towards helping enrich this culture of radical love within Kingsgate? What's your, what's your next step? It might be getting a life group or it might be text someone. I don't know what it is, what is it? And just in the quietness of your heart, make a choice now to say, God, I am gonna take that next step today not waiting weeks, but actually to take that next step today. And in a moment, we're gonna sing a great song, which is really a declaration of our intent to be a people characterised by love. 
But before we sing that and make that our, our declaration, I just wanna take a moment to give opportunity to anybody here today who's never made a first time decision to invite Jesus into your life. What if you wouldn't mind just closing your eyes, bowing your heads just for a moment. And I'm very specifically now speaking to anyone in the sound of my voice. You've never given your life to Jesus or you would count yourself a prodigal. You once walked with God and right now you are miles away from Him. And I wanna invite you in a moment to say a prayer with me of saying, I wanna come back or for the first time I wanna come to God. As we've heard in the rest of our service, not just in this message, God is a good Father. He loves you passionately and He wants to invite you into a relationship of a child with a father. In a moment, if you wanna start that relationship, if you wanna say, yes, God, you can adopt me. I wanna be in your family. In a moment, I'm gonna ask you to lift your hand as your way of saying yes to God. I'm ready to say sorry for the things I've done wrong. And Father, bring me home into your arms. And then I'm gonna lead you in a short prayer, a phrase at a time, where you're saying sorry to God for what you've done and inviting Him to come into your life. So please, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you, just lift your hand now nice and high, like you're waving to God the Father and saying, Father, I wanna give my life to you. God bless you, yeah, I, I can see you up there. Okay, God bless you. Okay, anybody else? Please don't miss this moment. Actually, not gonna rush it. Thank you, Father. So those of you who've got your hand up, just look at me for a moment. I'm just gonna lead you in a short prayer. And we're all gonna join in with that prayer. I wanna ask you to pray out of your mouth, but actually really from your heart. Imagine that God stands in front of you and you are talking to Him, not to me. So everyone join in with this if you would. Heavenly Father, on this Father's Day, I thank You that You love me so much. You sent Jesus to die for me on the cross. Please forgive me for everything I've done wrong. And this day, I invite you, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Give me a new heart, one that beats in time with yours. Fill me afresh with your love and help me Walk with you in Jesus' name. Amen. For those of you who prayed that prayer, uh, there'll be instructions at the end of the, the service for how to take next steps. I really want to encourage you. Don't do the journey on your own. If you came with someone, tell them. Better still, get someone to, to, sh- to share with you and pray with you to take those next steps really well. But now, to let the whole of the church family, we're gonna, I want you to, would you lift your hands with me? We're making a declaration now as we sing this song that says, Jesus, I'm building my life on the foundation of your love. In other words, even as we declare this song, be filled again with the radical love of God for you and then make it a declaration of God, help me now live that out in the relationships that I have within this church family. Simon, if you'd lead us.